0: Listen to God's Word for December 4th. Today's reading is 2 Corinthians 7-11. through May God bless this reading of His Word. 2 Corinthians 7 Therefore, beloved, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles body and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one, we have corrupted no one, we have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you so occupy our hearts that we live and die together with you. Great is my confidence in you. Great is my pride in you. I am filled with encouragement. In all our troubles, My joy overflows. For when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were pressed from every direction, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the arrival of Titus, and not only by his arrival, but also by the comfort he had received from you. He told us about your longing your mourning, and your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced all the more. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Although I did regret it, I now see that my letter caused you sorrow, but only for a short time. And now I rejoice, not because you were made sorrowful, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you felt the sorrow that God had intended. And so, we were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation without regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Consider what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what zeal, what vindication. In every way, You have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was not on account of the one who did wrong or the one who was harmed, but rather that your earnestness on our behalf would be made clear to you in the sight of God. On account of this, we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were even more delighted by the joy of Titus for his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. Indeed, I was not embarrassed by anything I had boasted to him about you. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting to Titus has proved to be true as well. And his affection for you is even greater when he remembers that you were all obedient as you welcomed him with fear and trembling." I rejoice that I can have complete confidence in you. 2 Corinthians 8 Now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the churches of Macedonia. In the terrible ordeal they suffered, their abundant joy and deep poverty overflowed into rich generosity. For I testify that they gave according to their ability and even beyond it. Of their own accord, they earnestly pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And not only did they do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us, because it was the will of God. So we urged Titus to help complete your act of grace, just as he had started it. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we inspired in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not making a demand, but I am testing the sincerity of your love in comparison to the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And this is my opinion about what is helpful for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but even to have such a desire. Now finish the work, so that you may complete it just as eagerly as you began, according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, The gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. It is not our intention that others may be relieved while you are burdened, but that there may be equality. At the present time, your surplus will meet their need, so that in turn, their surplus will meet your need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much had no excess. And he who gathered little had no shortfall. But thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same devotion I have for you. For not only did he welcome our appeal, but he is eagerly coming to you of his own volition. Along with Titus, we are sending the brother who is praised by all the churches for his work in the gospel. More than that, this brother was chosen by the churches to accompany us with the offering, the gracious gift we administer to honor the Lord Himself and to show our eagerness to help. We hope to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this generous gift. For we are taking great care to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. And we are sending along with them Our brother, whose earnestness has been proven many times and in many ways, and now even more so by his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches to the glory of Christ. In full view of the churches, then, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our boasting about you. 2 Corinthians 9 Now about the service to the saints, there is no need for me to write to you, for I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting to the Macedonians that since last year you in Achaia were prepared to give, and your zeal has stirred most of them to do likewise. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove empty, but that you will be prepared, just as I said. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, to say nothing of you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you beforehand and make arrangements for the bountiful gift you had promised. This way your gift will be prepared generously and not begrudgingly. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not out of regret or compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He has scattered abroad His gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your store of seed and will increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, to be generous on every occasion, so that through us your giving will produce thanksgiving to God. For this ministry of service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Because of the proof this ministry provides, the saints will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for the generosity of your contribution to them and to all the others. And their prayers for you will express their affection for you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. 2 Corinthians 10 Now by the mildness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not need to be as bold as I expect toward those who presume that we live according to the flesh. For though we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience as soon as your obedience is complete you are looking at outward appearances. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should remind himself that we belong to Christ just as much as he does. For even if I boast somewhat excessively about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you by my letters. For some say, His letters are weighty and forceful, but His physical presence is unimpressive, and His speaking is of no account. Such people should consider that what we are in our letters when absent, we will be in our actions when present. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves, and compare themselves with themselves, they show their ignorance. We, however, will not boast beyond our limits, but only within the field of influence that God has assigned to us, a field that reaches even to you. We are not overstepping our bounds as if we had not come to you. Indeed, we were the first to reach you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we boast beyond our limits in the labors of others. But we hope that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you will greatly increase as well, so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Then we will not be boasting in the work already done in another man's territory. Rather, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commands. 2 Corinthians 11 I hope that you will bear with a little of my foolishness, but you are already doing that. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. I am afraid, however, that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be led astray from your simple and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims a Jesus other than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit than the one you received, or a different gospel than the one you accepted, you put up with it way too easily. I consider myself in no way inferior to those super-apostles. Although I am not a polished speaker, I am certainly not lacking in knowledge. We have made this clear to you in every way possible. Was it a sin for me to humble myself in order to exalt you because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by accepting their support in order to serve you and when I was with you and in need, I was not a burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. I have refrained from being a burden to you in any way, and I will continue to do so. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do, but I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to undercut those who want an opportunity to be regarded as our equals in the things of which they boast. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light." IT IS NOT SURPRISING, THEN, IF HIS SERVANTS MASQUERADE AS SERVANTS OF RIGHTEOUSNESS. THEIR END WILL CORRESPOND TO THEIR ACTIONS. I REPEAT, LET NO ONE TAKE ME FOR A FOOL. BUT IF YOU DO, THEN RECEIVE ME AS A FOOL, SO THAT I TOO MAY BOAST A LITTLE. IN THIS CONFIDENT BOASTING OF MINE, I AM NOT SPEAKING AS THE LORD WOULD, BUT AS A FOOL. Since many are boasting according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly tolerate fools, since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or exalts himself or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I concede that we were too weak for that. Speaking as a fool, however, I can match what anyone else dares to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am speaking like I am out of my mind, but I am so much more. In harder labor, in more imprisonments, in worse beatings, in frequent danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. In my frequent journeys I have been in danger from rivers and from bandits, in danger from my countrymen and from the Gentiles." IN DANGER IN THE CITY AND IN THE COUNTRY, IN DANGER ON THE SEA AND AMONG FALSE BROTHERS, IN LABOR AND TOIL AND OFTEN WITHOUT SLEEP, IN HUNGER AND THIRST AND OFTEN WITHOUT FOOD, IN COLD AND EXPOSURE. APART FROM THESE EXTERNAL TRIALS, I FACE DAILY THE PRESSURE OF MY CONCERN FOR ALL THE CHURCHES. WHO IS WEAK AND I AM NOT WEAK? who is led into sin, and I do not burn with grief. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is forever worthy of praise, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas secured the city of the Damascenes in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket through a window in the wall, and escaped his grasp. Thanks for listening, and join us tomorrow as we listen to God's Word. Questions or comments? Email us at info at org.